Okay, we're here today with Chucky Sanders, Daniel Chucky Sanders. Actually, where does Chucky come from? I will start it off with the nickname. Uh, when I was a little kid, used to throw up a lot after drinking litres of milk. So I was mad for the uh, milk back then and the protein. So always used to chuck up on mum and dad after a big feed. How old are we talking here, mate? Oh, toddler. It's not when we, uh, it wasn't my first alcohol experience, but that also did happen. Um, so right. it, it carried on. Well, I'm glad I got that away. So yeah, J Daniel Chucky Sanders, international six day enduro world champion, which was uh, 2019 and 2009 Australian off-road champion. Um, and we're talking motorbikes here, off-road motorbikes. Um, wait, tell me what, what is the six day enduro? What does that entail? Well, the six day enduro is uh, one bike. Uh, you have to maintain it through six days of racing in a different country every year. It's like our Olympics for our sport. So last year was in Portugal and we do about 300 Ks each day on average. And then for five days and then day six is a final moto, which is a, it's a motocross test. So we're timed. Yeah, it's by time, so quickest always wins, but uh, there is penalties through the day as well. If you're not, you've got to stick to a time card. So you're due, it, you're due each, um, yeah, each time during the day, and you have controls where you fuel up and, and grab some food, and then you do your test, which normally is about six to nine tests a day. So it's a, it's a long and draining event, and that's probably our most prestigious event in our, in our sport. And over those six days, is it different terrain that you're riding or is it the same stuff every day? Yeah, different terrain. We can, depends on the country, but we can go to sand for some days and then into some, it could rain the next day or snow. So you, you're just putting up with the, the toughest conditions all the time and you have 600 riders going around the same course. So it gets harder every day, uh, but the course change also. You normally do two days of the same course and then change up. So it's it's a hard hard and challenging test but everyone everyone always does it and loves it so it's tired different tires different setup on your bike and that sort of thing like you get a chance to to change suspension and or, or setups and that sort of thing for the different stages yes with suspension it, it's a little bit different you got to <clears throat> go in with what you know uh if something happens you can change it over if you've got some spare suspension but uh each day we have 25 minutes of work time on our bikes, 10 minutes at the start of the day where we do just main, mainly uh, check over the bike and uh, over nuts and bolts. And, uh, and then at the end of the day, we normally do a front and rear tire with uh, moose tubes as well, which is like a, a foam noodle in your tire so you can't get punches. So that's, uh, that's probably the, the main thing to have in, in your tires is the mooses so you don't get flat tires uh, during the day. Yeah, right. And it was a strong field in 2019 for the for the six day. Like, um, I read some reports actually not long after about um, like they were just surprised how you dominated. Like, they were surprised how you went so well in the different types of conditions. Is that something that um, you get to practice a lot, or is it just you were just good in in dry sand and in muddy conditions? Well, I've Growing up in the muddiest conditions, uh, really the area I live in in Victoria, so it's it's good because I've grown up in that, and 
the best thing is in Australia, we have a range of races uh, going from the Hatter Desert Race to to some sand off-road races in the Australian Off-Road Championships and some clay. So we get the best of both worlds here. And last year was, yeah, best form ever I've been in. And um, I had a really good, really good feeling in the sand after last year's season. So I went out there and, yeah, I went really well in it and, and put some really big uh, gaps on on the guys in the first on the first day yeah right so because that's ultimately the what you're aiming for is a world championship that's what um that's what uh i guess every athlete aspires to is um becoming a world champion i i, I want to rewind because we met back in 2015 and um the way we met was through ben grabham and uh you said to me mate i got this young kid on the team um he's he's fast but he's not that consistent he needs to be more consistent what what can we do with him because i was working with ben grabham at the time um, with his nutrition and all that sort of thing so um what what i'd recognized and i kind of had an idea of how fit you guys were but I didn't realize how fit you were um, until I started seeing numbers from Grabo and then working with you and uh, Ty Simmons, guys like that, seeing the numbers that um, like heart rate zones and all that sort of thing. And I think a lot of people um, are under the impression that you're on a motorbike and it's got an engine under you and all you do is just twist the throttle and that's all <laughs> you need to do. Um, but I recognized pretty quickly that, um, you know, that you need to be super, super fit. Um, and that's where we started working together. Um, and the, the information or the sort of knowledge that I passed on to you was the fact that you need to think of your body as you do your bike, like working with motorsports, the, the rider or the driver, just look after after their machine like everything is perfect everything's set up it's clean they use the best fuels the best oils the best tires all that sort of thing um but when it comes to their body they sometimes aren't as um fastidious about that is that would you think that was the case as a 19 year old chucky um yeah, it was a little bit for me as well and, and experience, but coming off like a privateer ride where I've got my dad at the races every every weekend and just going off his experience from his racing career back in the 80s and just learning little things from the AIS and then obviously coming onto the team and then you've got the best people around you and you got to learn really quick to get the results that I wanted. So it was, yeah, just dropping the KFC and Maccas and all that stuff, getting rid of all that. Um, so, yeah, I was I was pretty good with my um, training and, and fitness stuff, but just fine-tuning it and, and listening to the people around me, which um, which really paid off in the end. Yeah, well, that was the, the, the main thing, I guess, that we worked on was making sure that we cleaned up the type of foods that you ate um, and getting rid of all that refined sugar and processed foods and that sort of thing. And I think you can... Um, agree that once we did that um, you just start to feel better 
Um, you're more consistent in your training. Um, and obviously more consistent in your racing as well. You're not, you know, um, getting those, the times where um, you just not feeling as good as mm. you'd like. Um, and I think that's, I think that's been the biggest thing since uh, 2015 from watching you over these years is just how more consistent you are with your racing. Um, yeah. It didn't happen in heartbeat. It took, you know, all 2015 was a massive learning year. Then obviously 2016 going into that season, we did some more work and then I fully went hundred percent on like on the full diet and program and everything. And it, and it paid off. Like I didn't, I had my last drink, I think maybe new year's or even before that. And then I don't think I drank until after Hatto where me and Ty just went, you know, nuts to that, uh, that race. So yeah, just, I remember that night. <laughs> it was the uh you know crazy races but when you put everything on the line like that and and you train your butt off for seven months and not eating anything like yeah nothing bad at all and then you get to the end of the into the finish line and then you know you put all your work in and you couldn't be happy and you got no doubts like i should have done this got should have done that but that's probably the best feeling and and when it does pay off like the sixth day and stuff like that you just yeah, you just go back all those years and and just being thankful for you know the people around us and and the determination I put in it all paid off. Yeah, for sure. And that was the thing that um, I guess having an understanding too of your nutrition while you're on the bike while you're racing as well, particularly for those enduros, um, and just some basic things on just the physiology of sweat and how that impacts on not only um, how your muscles function, but also how you process information. And you just got to watch a, a video of anyone that's done any type of motocross or motor, particularly motocross enduro when you're flying past trees that are, you know, only just as wide as your handlebars. Um, you make even the smallest mistakes in those sort of events, then, uh, you know, the consequences are massive. So yeah. I think that's where, um, having an understanding of proper hydration and actually fueling the body and brain as well um, for those events um, made a big difference. And um, I think you've probably learned a lot about um, how to how it works best for you as well, and that there's no one size fits all. Um, that you know, for your hydration, that you you know now that in cooler conditions down in the south of Victoria, you don't need to drink as much as what you do when you're up in Queensland and different places like that. Um, you know that um, there's different uh, uh, changes you need to make that suit you in those different conditions, just like you'd change out a, a set of tyres for different conditions or, you know, different setup on your suspension, that sort of thing. So I think that's probably been the, the biggest thing too, ha having that understanding. Yeah, yeah, it is. It it's probably it's not too bad in the sprint races for us because we can control you know we're out for 10 15 minutes high high demanding high intensity uh racing and then come back and we can refuel get cool down and then but it's the three hours and the four hour cross countries and like desert races where we're out there and we're restricted to what we can consume during that race we got a 20 20 to 30 minute lap time and and we would fuel every hour so that's when Obviously, the Coda products come in best for us or for me 
when we can get uh, the gels in and some energy bars and obviously with our, our camelback systems, hydration packs, we can, we can run, I run two liters for three, you know, three hours in the desert stuff. Cause it's a bit cooler as well. So I don't have to drink as much. Uh, that's probably the, the best thing for me now. I know what I need in those all types of conditions and races. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, just looking at your numbers, um, that we and we look at your numbers quite closely and, you know, for a four hour had a desert race as an example, where your heart rates average 174 beats per minute. Like there's a lot of athletes that would look at that and go, wow, four hours holding that heart rate is, is massive. And why is it you think that, and I've got a pretty good idea. I didn't do a, I didn't actually race motocross, but I did a little bit of riding when I was younger and I know it's, 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 (laughs) I want to see this. It's a little bit demanding, (laughs) but I've never raced at the intensity that you guys race, but Mm. What is it that um, that gets your heart rate so high for that period of time? Like, what, why, how are you working so hard on that bike when you've got a motor underneath you? I, th- I think a lot of it's adrenaline um, to start with, because I, I remember sitting on a line once when I first got my um, heart rate watch, and it was just a state series. But it was the first round of the year, and. I hadn't done any warm up or anything just for practice lap. And I was sitting there in 130, like not even done. And I was just ping and ready to go where my, my max is 198. And uh, yeah, that's, I've hit that probably four times racing uh, in final motos or motocross, but in a, uh, in a long, long race, I'm not sure how we control it. It's just, you just keep going, but to hold that on a push bike or something, it's a lot harder. But I think just because you're so focused and there's so many moving parts in the body, you, you, every muscle's moving, so there's no rest. So even though you've got suspension, there's still a lot of movement in the legs. There's a lot of movement in the upper body, um, and just breaking just the amount of um, energy that required to break into a corner, then accelerate as well. Um, yes. The G, have you ever measured G-forces on cornering and that sort of stuff? No, I've got the GoPro. I need to flick through and check out some of the Gs, especially the jumps. I think there'd be a lot of Gs going in through the whoops and some up ramps and down ramps and all that. It would be pretty cool to, to check it out. Yeah, mate, that'd be worth um, having a look at. Yeah, so it, it, it's, um, it's quite an interesting sport. A lot of people are under the impression that the engine's doing all the work, which... It is in some case, but it's actually holding on to that and the braking and the cornering. And then there's also the amount of information that the brain has to process too so quickly. Mm. Um, while we can measure your energy expenditure while you're actually racing through heart rate, um, what we can't measure is the amount of energy the brain is actually um, utilizing. Um, and obviously the, the, the more, the tighter the course and more technical, the course, the more energy the brain's going to use. So it's, um, it's actually, it's super demanding sport. And you can see, uh, I've seen years at, um, at Hatter where people are just falling off their bikes at the end, um, yeah. just completely wrecked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's something that 
if you haven't been on a motocross bike before or enduro bike, then it's, uh, it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah, and you have to just watch a few videos and see exactly how hard the, we're working on a bike. And I'm sure you can get an understanding of it. But it's, it's like the faster we go, the faster the engines need to be as well. But you need to be stronger and fitter as well when you start going faster and faster. So. And you found that um, the fitter you've gotten, what, what's, what's the result of that? Is it, do you feel that you can uh, maintain that heart rate for a longer time? And are you seeing things clearer? Like you're not fatiguing as quick, that sort of thing. Is that, is that what you found mostly as you get fitter? Yeah. I've, as I got fitter, I think it was a lot easier to ride. And then you wouldn't be making any mistakes at all. Like you could bobble a little bit and then you, you're that strong. You can just pull yourself back up and concentrate and flick the switch and, you know, make sure you don't drop off again or it's, it's just, just pieces everything together real easy. And when you, when everything's not right, then it's a, <laughs> then you start thinking like, is it the bike? Is it me? You know, is it all these other things? There's so many different areas to, to bounce off with our sport. But, when you're fitter, when you're fit, it's, it's 10 times easier. <laughs> that's for sure. So you, so you reckon there's been times where as you've increased your fitness, there's probably times where you've saved yourself and continue riding where you probably would end up in the dirt otherwise. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Happened to me lots of times. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so that takes us to, um, to now and obviously there's no racing on at the moment. So, How's your how's your training? How's your fitness at the moment? Uh, probably not as where it should be, but it's probably the same as what it was at the start of the year. So I came into this year with a broken wrist that I uh, had a big crash before Christmas, and then yeah, where, didn't really ride that, Chucky? at home on the Supercross track. Oh, <laughs> that video on my Instagram where I go over the bars, so it was pretty good. Got some footage. I got more. Lo- I got more followers doing that than winning a race. <laughs> so more, more followers going over the bars than winning yep. a world championship. Yep. Oh, yeah. Close. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've just reminded me of something because I was at your place at your orchard farm at your apple orchard. Yeah, mate. And we were doing some testing on you and <laughs> Ty Simmons. <laughs> Yeah, we were testing actually sweat rates, and we were yeah. testing the sodium concentration of your sweat because yeah. we um, it was coming into summer and there was going to be some hot races. So we wanted to know um, that we were, had your hydration right. And we're um, we're on your property, and you're doing some laps, and we ha- we were timing it, and then then something happened towards the end there, Chuck. What can you remind me of what happened towards the end there? Well, me and Ty put on the moto and I think Ty pulled off at 20 minutes. I think he was too busy chasing goats over summer. And then I was like, oh, you know, I've got to do my 30 minutes, you know, discipline. So I was doing that. And then I had a little dragon's back for the motorbike riders that know of it. And I missed the front wheel on the top, like whoop, and it dropped the front. And then I just went over the bars and knocked myself out and kept repeating the same questions oh when did you guys get here i remember you i think i can remember you running up the hill like i don't know some 
Braveheart movie or something like that. Rambo running up the hill. <laughs> I thought you're gonna knock me over in the head. But uh, yeah, I just knocked myself out. But just one little brain fade like that, or yeah, just taking the edge off because me and Ty were chasing each other, and you know I was focusing on that. And when he pulled off, it's like you can let the guard down a bit, but yeah, you can just bite you like that in a split second. But I still lost a lot of sweat, I think. <laughs> yeah, you did. You still lost a lot of sweat. But you kind of ruined our test a bit, mate. But um, the, <laughs> the, the interesting thing was um, how quickly it happened because it's, it's you know, that's a tra- how many times would you have ridden around that track? Oh, you know, all summer. I'd done a couple of months and I just built it. So, yeah, yeah. And what'd you call it? A dragon back? A dragon's back, yeah, the section. It was like a couple of whoops. Uh, like you know the stutters into there's like three on it it's like on an up ramp and you jump off the last one so yeah it just went bad <laughs> yeah yeah so my um my first I, I asked you a series of questions to make sure you're all there and I, I think I got to my second question and you said oh what why are you here what what, what <laughs> how come you're on the farm and then that's when I thought okay we'll better get this guy to the to the doctors and Mm. Um, but it turned out okay didn't it chucky yeah it was just a little bit of bleeding on the brain and that was about it i was back riding the next day and had another crash (laughs) (laughs) i think i took a week off because grandma's like no you can't do it you'll brain yourself because i was i was mean title favorites to go for that season in the aorc and we're only a couple weeks out so it's crazy what a uh, concussion can do to your your concentration on the bike like it's crazy. You got to take time off, and when you're ready, come back. It's yeah. a, a very important thing. Smart move, man. It was smart that you went and uh, got checked out too. Um, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> sorry, mate. I bit off topic there, but it just reminded me of that day. Um, so, I guess it's frustrating for you at the moment, not knowing when you're racing next, or have you got some idea of what's going on? Uh, I think the motorcycling Australia's trying to put it to august as our first australian off-road championship is then or back and then we've only got four weekends racing left but a lot of the big races have been cancelled in winter like our desert ones that everyone's really raving about these days the hatter fink and then a lot of mildura local races as well so that's a bit of a, a hit to the uh racing racing side of things for the year but and the six days being cancelled, which was in Italy, Milan in August as well. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shock. So we still haven't got confirmation on on all the racing yet. But planning to go back at this stage is August. So, yeah, we've got just um, just under two months to, you know, get back into riding and things. But a lot of budgets have changed now for the race team and, and all this. So it's a bit it's a bit harder for for us riders at the top of the top of the chart so it's uh, going to be an interesting rest of the year that's for sure yeah certainly a lot of challenges for um a lot of athletes at the moment regardless of what sport it's in it's uh yeah i, I wouldn't want to be a professional athlete right now i think it'd be <clears throat> it'd be uh hard to know um what the future holds particularly or near future anyway um yeah. but let's hope that everything's out of the way soon mate and you've got a a clear 2021 to to do all the things that you love doing and aim for another world championship and another off-road championship and a hatter and 
Maybe a Fink. Oh, so, yeah, is it Fink, Fink maybe on the cards? Well, we're going to do it this year. Oh, you then, were? Yeah, me and Grabo were about to go up and then they shut down all the Northern Territory and flights and all that and then they cancelled the race two days before I was flying out. So, right. first pre-run. So, that was going to be the, the next stepping stone for me, I think. Okay. So, looking at going towards a rally racing maybe in the future. But otherwise, yeah, all nas- international rides for next year. It's a bit up in the air at the moment as well. With We don't know what's happening with international sport. And all the countries and other restrictions. So I think we're going to be, you know, best off staying here again for another year and and doing uh, more races here next year. So that's going to be um, another um, learning um, piece for you, mate, with uh, navigation and all that sort of stuff. Then, huh? The rally, yeah, yeah. Sort of. It's just something to to push forward to towards as well, like. It's another goal. You're probably done. Dakar, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. going towards that. <laughs> so, hey, Grabo's done it before, and obviously Pricey's doing it at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's just getting the opportunity to jump on a big rally bike and and have a, having a shot shot at it and learning it. And I think in Australia here we've got the best we've got the best terrain to practice and train on. We can go up to Alice Springs and get the high speed stuff done down the Fink Track, which is. 240k's i think down or something like that so yeah do that in uh two hours under two hours you're doing good so that'll be good i'll grab i'll get me um running down that pretty fast i think hopefully i can stay up on two wheels and not brain myself but i'm sure with his guidance he'll be right as long as we uh stay out of the the party central in alice springs and bumbling bump into his all his old mates from the previous years we'll be fine well i think you've, you've done pretty well mate um eating clean and not drinking too much. So, and you can see what the uh, reward for that is. Um, yeah. You know, that world championship last year, that uh, certainly, it uh, just highlights how important it is to, to do the right things. And you know, fitness, obviously, um, you know, the fitter you are, mm. the easier that bike's going to be to throw around. So, um, yeah. that's it's good, good mate. Well, Hopefully good to show all the Euros to from 2017 when I was over in the World Enduro Championship. They were all wondering why it wasn't a good year there, but they were wondering why how I got so much like heaps better and and all that just for living and training and eating properly when I was living in Italy. It was a bit bit harder and on the supposedly you know the best team in the world. I was on the KDM team over there on the factory team, and it was yeah, it was a bit of a it was just good to show all those guys that when you got the support around you and and yeah, the team and everything, it's what I was capable of. Yeah. You do the hard work and they put in, I put in and everything just pays off. And uh yeah, you can have gels as much as you want during racing and not yelling at us to have chocolate bars and bloody biscuits and all this stuff for um a lunch break, I was smashing gels and energy bars and like you can't just have a gel i was like uh how am i gonna tolerate chocolate running around in my stomach for the next two hours on the track <laughs> i'll be yeah. i'll be on the side of the road spewing up so this was the italian team yes yeah, yeah. In 2017 yeah old school yeah. guys so when, when you called me when you got back from that season in europe what what <laughs> what, what weight were you then chucky i put on 10 kilos over there <laughs> i was in a very bad place 
Mental. Mentally, so. And then physically in the end, that was a big off-season. I remember going little training session down in Melbourne and you're still base there. And Yeah, I went there probably 91 kilos instead of being 81 to 84. <laughs> so it was a big off-season. Was that... Was that the gym session we did or was that the the ride, the bike ride? No, that was a gym one. Oh, that's Getting right. all these new awesome exercises that Steph probably taught you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was specific motorbike riding um, exercises. Yeah. Uh, um, look at you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just, well, it was actually um, watching... Uh, Ty Simmons and David Walsh when they were practicing for Fink that year when I was up there um, and just watching the amount of compressions over that track and the amount of squats they were doing. Like it was just insane the amount of energy they were using. Um, and that wasn't even, a, that wasn't at race pace either. That was um, just in training. They were trying to get close, but obviously you can't, it's hard to mimic race day conditions when um you know things are psychologically so different um so that was uh that was really really interesting and yeah i was kind of looking forward to going up to to think to do some pre-runs with you but um maybe next year yeah yeah now that's good mate well i'm glad that you i'm looking at you on the video here and you you, you look pretty fit so uh all right, I'm keeping you honest and swift, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a good ride this morning. Um, no, good stuff, Chuck. It was good to catch up, mate. And yeah, all the best for um, August. Hopefully that comes together. And um, I know that you'll be fit going in, but the difference is race fitness is a entirely different thing again. So um, hopefully that comes back quickly and um, you're uh, winning races towards the end of 2020. Yeah, hopefully we get a good championship in and, uh, yeah, start use this as a starting point for next year and carry it all the way through. Good stuff, mate. All right, thanks for having me, Daz. No worries, buddy. I'll, um, we'll catch up soon. I'll see you out on Zwift. Coffee. Sounds good. It's out. All right, mate.